to Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again for joining me this week. I'm excited for this episode. I have my friend Floyd Hughes, author of a book that I just recently reviewed on uh, my socials. It's about time. So excited to have you here. Floyd, welcome to Wake Up With Jenny and Friends. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. (laughs) This is exciting for me. I have followed you on TikTok for probably about two years now. Um, wow. and, and you're still there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> still hanging in. <laughs> um, and I always enjoy your videos. I always enjoy your messages. I love the style with which you present um, the messages. And I, I just find that it's the way you do things is very much like my friend, um, Brian, Brian Shepard. I'm not sure if you follow him on TikTok at, at all, BA Shepard, but it, it's a very similar style of uh, a very easygoing, very approachable, very um, non-threatening <laughs> conversation about religion and certain ideas about Christianity and readings of the Bible and and teachings and messages that are really open to everybody to just think about even if you're not a Christian or even if you're not quote unquote religious or if you're somewhere on the fence in between anybody that comes across your videos that's the feeling I get even if you're not decided on where you are um, it, it just the messages that you bring across leave people to be open-minded to think about certain things and that's one thing i really appreciate about about your your videos and your content well thank you i i appreciate that i i hopefully uh do not offend as many people as i know i actually do but (laughs) the idea is to is to not push here's what i believe but to share and be open to discuss here's what i believe and i during my lives, am willing to discuss with other people what they believe. And hopefully we can respect one another's beliefs, even if I don't agree with you, but I respect you for sharing your belief with me and discussing, not debating and arguing, but discussing and sharing and talking. Yeah, I love that. And I think we've kind of reached a point um, in time, and I don't know how you feel about this, but everybody is just offended for the sake of being offended these days. Um, and the importance is is there's so much importance on communication. And again, that's what I love about, about your messages is that you, you, you do present, um, this very open, listen, we don't have to agree, but let's just hear each other out kind of thing. Um, and, and, uh, that's something I think we, we all need to practice a little bit more just in general um as we try to navigate you know what's going on today it's just there's a lot yeah. going on yeah <laughs> yeah uh it, the world is becoming such a dark place yeah um, but we don't have to do things to make it darker for one another you know yes. we could help make it easier because we're all going through it together so yeah. rather than argue and fight about our differences let's try to you know share them respect them but then let's you know, try to be positive about the things that we all have in common. 
Yeah, it's funny. Oftentimes when I talk to my friend Diane and we just talk about things that are going on and we don't really know what to say, we'll just be like, end times, bro, end times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's all you can say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. And I and I love too um the the fun aspect you bring in. Like I can see for those who are just listening to the show right now, you might want to watch it a little bit later, but um, for those of you who can see, there's all kinds of Marvel, Marvel and, and comic stuff in the background, which are often in your videos, which are is really fun um, parlay onto the messages you bring across. So that's that's one thing we'll get into a little bit. But but you often talk about that superhero aspect um, uh, in life and, and it comes across in your in your books as well, too. But for people who may not yet be aware of who you are and what you do could you just give our audience a little bit of a brief summary of floyd hughes and all that is sure i am a pastor of a local church in the pittsburgh area uh, have been for the past 16 years before that um i did 12 years in the military got out served some time as an executive in corporate america got out of that and went into consulting with the government and then left all of that <laughs> to be a pastor. And um, I actually love it. One of the things that really drives me is just talking about the word of God. It's so interesting. So much of all of the cultures around the world are kind of derived from it. So much of what we do today is derived from it. And I find it just, it's a passion to be able to talk to people about it. I do get sometimes because of, like I said, the way I'll talk to people and want to respect their face, people that tell me that I'm kind of watering down the Bible, which is not true. Mm. Um, I do just the opposite, which is here's the truth of what God's word says, whether you like it or not, this yeah. is the truth. Just try to present it in a way that doesn't say, you know, you're an idiot for not believing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't find that at all with your messages. Um, I don't find that you water it down at all. Um, I, I find it, it's, you make things easier to understand when you present them in the way that you do. And, and because I think I find oftentimes people get hung up on sometimes the actual um, literary words that are in the Bible, especially if you have like an old school, like, King James or with the old language and that it's sometimes it's difficult for people to understand and really get to the the meaning the heart of the message and the meaning behind it because it, there's a lot of verbiage there. Um, so I think you do a really great job of sort of deconstructing that breaking that down and saying like okay this is what is actually being said here and this is the, the message that that is trying to come across so. I love that. Um, and. I want to talk about, I have a couple of your books here, um, which I really enjoy, but let's just get in, let's just get right into it. Let's, let's just get let's right, go, right go. into it. And, and yeah. I do want to say we're filming on a Sunday. So when you talk about being passionate about the word, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday after you've pastored and spent the whole day being busy <laughs> to, to come on the show and talk about the book. So, <laughs> so that is true. This book, it's about time. Available yes. on Amazon. Everybody can get it. This is your first fiction style book. 
Yes, it is. It is. And I will tell you this. I did not know this. Um, I was talking to one of our congregants today and she started reading it. And I guess she only got a chapter or two into it and stopped because she thought it was all my other books are like, you know, devotionals and about, you know, here's what God has done in my life or here's what God can do in your life. And she thought this was the same. And she thought that was me writing it saying, I'm getting ready to leave my congregation. Oh, <laughs> because, the you know, yeah. it starts off with, you know, so upset with what's going on. And yes. I was like, no, it's 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 not true. <laughs> it was just I wanted to create a, a real story that people can relate to. And she's like, oh, I she even stopped. She told her husband they prayed about it. They were like, Floyd's getting ready to leave our congregation. <laughs> <laughs> the confusion of the message the realism of it but it wasn't it wasn't real it, yeah and yeah and just to give people some context so this is another one of your books that i have it's it's a, it's called act like an e-christian yes and it's based on the book of acts and yeah. i'll just read a little bit of um the description at the back so people can get an idea uh of some of your previous books and it says this is a devotional based on the book of acts um, which will serve as a guide to help share the love of Christ with those in your circle of influence, show the love of Christ to them with your actions and posts and invite them to be recipients of God's amazing love. And you do this by breaking down the book of Acts and there's places for people to journal in there as well too. So that's typically the style of your books. Um, so yeah. that's what people are used to is, is, is you're breaking, breaking the Bible down into different um, bite-sized pieces for people to, to grasp onto. But this book, it's about time, like we said, it's your first um, fiction. And for me, I don't know if you're, um, how you choose to read a book, what your process of, uh, of, cho of choosing a book is, but for me, I, I know they never they say never judge a book by its cover, but I always do. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a pretty cover. I'll take a look at that. It's the cover for me. It's who wrote it. And I often look for a great like opening sentence or opening line. And right when I received this book and thank you very much for sending this to me because you did send this to me and I love the message that you um, wrote on the first page, thank you very much. <laughs> but the first sentence, the first lines in, in on page one in the introduction, my name is Caden Roscoe and I was a pastor for 17 years and I did all the things I thought pastors were supposed to do. Invested, yep. <laughs> Cause I, from, that, from that line, I'm like, whoa, what is happening here? What is going on? <laughs> Yeah, but now as I think about it again, and I remember the lines that come after that, I can see why she thought I was leaving. <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of frustration, but yeah. So what made you decide to sort of branch off and, and dip into the fiction part of it? Because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, some things are a little bit intertwined into your actual life. Like some things are, are similar. Um, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is this is a mix of some things I went through, some things not, but some things okay. I went through, uh, some things that are biblical, uh, some things that are general for what many pastors go through, all mixed into um, this 
story that hopefully people will enjoy mm-hmm. um that also mixes in a little bit of science fiction because you know respect for geekiness so yep. <laughs> mixes in a little bit of science fiction um to make just a fun story that yeah. that was the whole idea i want to write a fun story that people will enjoy and i can't say something that's never been done before because it's not i mean time travel pastor struggle everything's been done before but something that would also make people huh let me go look in the bible at that again yes yeah so hopefully it does that but also does it make them like oh wait a second so is he saying that the bible is not true (laughs) as well but just just hopefully a fun story that mixes a little bit of realism and makes people like wow let me go look at that that account in the Bible again. Yeah. So for me, it did that with the book of Daniel because I was like, oh, I got to go back and like reread this because there's some some points that you make in there that I'm just like, what? Did I like, am I not? Did I miss something here? <laughs> so yeah, it definitely did that for me. But maybe you could just give our audience a little synopsis of the book of about the character of Caden and what he goes through. Um, well, it's it's without giving too much away. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's the <laughs> typical struggle, at least from my aspect, when I talk to other pastors in pastor groups and meetings and whatever uh, that pastors go through of, am I doing what God wanted? Mm. Um, and most pastors, I was sharing that today with my congregation, most pastors struggle with you know, I want to grow the congregation. I want more numbers in. Mm. But the whole idea is that's not what God wants. That's not why God calls pastors to fill buildings. Um, And hopefully, spoiler alert, (laughs) the character comes to that realization. Um, uh, But in order to come to that realization, um, he goes through some uh, journey, goes through several journeys that God takes him on uh, mm-hmm. rather than just have, well, I had a conversation with God and God made this realization to me. I wanted to make it something that even pastors would look at and say, wow, that's, that's, I see where he's going with this, even though he put this, this, this different spin on how God revealed it to him. So God takes this pastor on several journeys to see um, some of the things that other leaders and for lack of a better term biblical characters went through trying to lead god's people Mm -hmm. so he realizes hey you're you're not the only one this is a human problem of trying to lead people to do what god has called them to do um and i picked two uh, i don't know should i talk about which events or yeah sure why not sure yeah it's totally up to you (laughs) i picked those two events one because daniel is just so powerful end time yeah. events so powerful um but i picked the exodus mm. because a few years ago um i did a preaching through the book of exodus spent like 10 months going through the book of exodus but 10 weeks of it was just on each of the different plagues and the historical information that supports that this actually happened because that's one of people's biggest complaints if the bible is true you know where is this evidence? How come no one in Egypt knows about, you know, this big thing? Right. And most of the evidence, uh, historical evidence 
is from Egypt. There is information. So I wanted to like, that was kind of, I still had notes and all this stuff. So part of me was lazy. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> I already have this information. So why not use this as one of the things? So uh, plus it's just interesting. The whole account of the Exodus is just interesting. And I was trying to picture it if, if someone today, because when we read the Bible, we see where people in the Bible get visions of the future. Mm. What if someone today got a vision of, or instead of a vision, actually got transported back to biblical times? What would it be like for them to experience these things and more? Because we're given pictures of it, but I wanted to take it to, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt, there's mm. a lot of death, there's a lot of you know, misery, there's a lot of economic impact to all of these events in the Bible. So I think I went way beyond what you asked, but <laughs> no, that it's, gives everyone it's, an, yeah. it's good because I, I it, it lets us read, I think sometimes when, if, if you haven't read the Bible, and even if you have, and I'll just speak for myself, um, sometimes you get into a, a routine of just really just reading it at face value and not soaking it up, so to speak. And when you think about the story, the happenings, the tellings, the messages of the Bible, it really is, as you said, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of anguish, there's a lot of death, there's a lot of deceit, there's a, a lot of you know, family turmoil, there's a lot of the things that everybody, everybody is going through today. Hmm. They went through back then at that time as well. But there's also a lot of joy. There's a lot of peace. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of love. And I think, you know, you mentioned going through that struggle, as most pastors do. Uh, am I really doing the right thing? Am I really sending the right message? Am, am I, is my belief strong enough? You know, you, and I don't think it's just pastors, but I think everybody sort of questions those things at one time in or another in their life and some people you know some people call it a midlife crisis some people call it a struggle with their career some people call you know wherever we, it's 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 human nature to all of us um you know my my dad is a is a pastor he retired about a year ago and um you know he 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 misses it he misses sharing them you know and and i encourage him to to get back to it and to, to and and um to you know start something new again and, and and just you know because he's not pastoring a church doesn't mean he has to stop sharing the message you know yeah, absolutely um and and so i think that's really a a, a quote-unquote selling point of this book is is that is that relation to everybody that we all go through the struggle we all have these doubts we all question things about ourselves and it's and it's okay to question God. I, I, in some degree, God wants you to do that. He wants you to come to him with questions. He wants you to say, well, hey, listen, hold up. What does this mean? Where did that come from? Like, why did this happen? So that he can show you 
the miracles so that he can show you how powerful he is and how important he is in your life. And I, and I think it's important. It's sometimes it's important to question all of the, all of those things. Yeah, I, I agree. It's one of the reasons why I started making videos on TikTok is uh, uh, to answer questions because I feel like a lot of people were getting frustrated for mm. asking questions but the entire Bible, I shouldn't say the entire Bible, a majority of the Bible is God responding to people who ask, okay, God, why did this happen? The nation of Israel asking, why did this happen? Why are we going through this? Uh, Paul's letters, most of the epistles are him in chunks. The reason he keeps changing from topic to topic is because he's answering questions. Mm. Um, well, here's your answer to this. And here's the answer to this. And now about this, and he's answering another question because people have questions. So I uh, I don't think people should be penalized for asking questions. I think, like you said, uh, God wants us to answer questions because how else are we going to get to know him more mm -hmm. if we don't ask, you know? Absolutely. And I know this is kind of a broad view question, but just we kind of touched on it earlier, just with so many things going on in the world today. How do you navigate that in terms of your approach to messages to answering questions and navigate that within the church when there's all of these new things that have come up that we haven't really seen before in terms of, you know, gender, politics, all those things that are, you know, things that we don't really want to, we're, we're kind of on the fence about touching and going, you know, talking about it. But how do you navigate that in terms of the message? Um, well, I, I always tell people, first and foremost, um, you can ask whatever you want. You may not like my answer, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. Right. Sorry, my dog is barking in the background. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I've got two dogs here too. So <laughs> always going to tell you the truth, but I'm always going to try to do it respectfully, even if you disagree. Right. Um, so that's the basis for every conversation we have in our congregation. Uh, we have some people who are way far left, some people who are way far right, some people who are in the middle, and we all coexist mm -hmm. have throughout some years where some congregations like splintered. Um, and, and the basis of that is, hey, we don't have to agree politically, but if we call ourselves Christians, we have to love one another and respect one another. That's non-negotiable. Um, mm. Can't call ourselves Christians. And I get that some people are like, but this political hot topic or this social topic or this or this. Yeah, but, you know, our marching orders are love one another. Love your neighbor as you do yourself, even the ones who don't look like you, think like you, vote like you, uh, whatever. And even we're supposed to love our enemies. So the people who hate us because of the way we look, think, and vote. We don't have to like them, vote like them, or support what they support, but we still have to love them. So that's the that's the gist and the basis of every conversation, everything I answer when stuff comes up and when stuff comes up, we do talk about it. Excuse me. I asked some pastors, are you guys going to talk about this just happened? This is kind of mm -hmm. big. They're like, no, I'm just going to preach the gospel. And then my question to them is always, I get that. We don't want to be, you know, beholden to everything that happens in the culture. But if we don't speak about it from a biblical context, how are people going to know God's perspective on these things? If we're not willing to say, well, here's what the Bible says about these things. Yeah. Uh, and I get some people don't want to. And sometimes there's some things I'm like, all right, I'm not going to address this yet. 
yeah, and course. other things. It's like we we need to talk about this, even if it's not a whole sermon about it. Uh, usually, it will be a quick, "Hey, we need to talk about this. We need to pray for this. We need to respond to this." Um, shameless plug. I'm sorry. I do a podcast with a good friend of mine named Mark called yes. Faith Responders, and he's another pastor. Um, and we talk about how people of faith can respond to things going on in the culture. In the podcast, we go a little bit harder uh, than I do when I'm just talking to someone because it's, hey, if you're a person of faith, you know, here's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. We may not agree with it. We may not like it. There's things in the Bible I don't necessarily like. I don't think I should have to love people who hate me because of the color of my skin. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I was going to say, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but God told I don't want to like them. <laughs> Yeah, but I kind of have to. Yes, yeah. God says I don't have to, you know, sit down and have dinner with them every day. But That's, I don't want to like can't. people who hate me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this it's yeah. just if we're Christians, that should be our first thing, first foremost truth. And if we believe the Bible is true, then we have to respond from loving God first and foremost, loving our neighbors. And even loving those people that don't like us, uh, even if we're speaking truth, we can do that in a respectful way. And then if they still don't want to hear it, we have to be okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, that's, you know, I talk about boundaries a lot in the clinic and, um, you know, you said it perfectly. You don't have to, you don't have to hang out with, with everybody, but, um, you know, you can respect that everybody has a different point of view and different beliefs and, and that's it. But that kind of just um, parlays nicely into this next tidbit that I wanted to read about. Uh, you talk about people worshiping false idols. And on page 20 here, it says, many people don't realize that worshiping false gods means they're worshiping nothing or they're worshiping something that isn't from God. I honestly cannot say which is worse. It doesn't make sense for men to make statues of wood, metal, or stone, and then worship those statues as the creator or the gods of men. They're literally worshiping nothing. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, thank you. <laughs> I, and, you know, it's nice to have People like to have certain things in their homes for aesthetic reasons. They like things the way they look, they, you know, whatever you have in your, but when I see people believe so strongly in a little piece of carved, yeah. you know, statue or put all their faith in a, a gemstone or put all their, you know, it, for me, it's like, well, those are nice things to have. And if it looks pretty to you and you want to have in your home and that's great. And you know, there's, oh, this, this particular stone is supposed to bring good luck. Well, that's great. Awesome. But, <laughs> but there are, but there are some people who put so much belief and, and so much trust in those things. And I just thought that like that, that paragraph really spoke to me. And it's, it's, it's true, but it's also, like you said, it, for me, it's kind of heartbreaking because yeah. I get that they're seeking something to worship. Yes. And I'm kind of like, but 
it logically doesn't make sense that you're worshiping something as a god that another man or woman created mm -hmm. that it, it's it's you're giving your worship and i know you want to seek something but you it's it's not going in the right place it's it's you're you're putting all your worship like you're flushing it down the toilet it's not going towards god or it is going towards some demonic thing because there are some you know demonic spiritual things out there that people worship as well and i'm like yeah but those demonic forces they're not the top spiritual thing the grocery prices right now are demonic <laughs> <laughs> chicken wings oh my gosh yes okay i just did another video about chicken wings i, I saw that like, yeah i'm like oh my gosh it's insane chicken yeah. wings wow. <laughs> i know it's crazy it's crazy and it doesn't seem to be getting any better too no it doesn't we were just talking at church we we're like hey we're gonna decorate you know for christmas in a couple of weeks and we'll have pizza and wings and i was like well we can't have wings because we can't afford wings yeah just pizza yeah we can't, you know feed a whole bunch of people wings because that's like thousands of dollars yeah the congregation wings which is insane yeah but yeah um yeah okay sorry sorry <laughs> we got to off topic <laughs> Um, one of the stories that are in here, and I don't know how closely related this is to your personal experience, but you talk about um, you talk about leaving the corporate world and God picking you up and putting you in a new environment with people who aren't necessarily happy that you're there as a pastor um, in a predominantly um, white neighborhood, um, not necessarily welcoming, <laughs> um, and, and feeling like, you know, most of the congregation had, had left and, and you're trying to bring in a lot of people into the church and then struggling with it. Maybe it's not the number of people, but maybe the, 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 maybe it's a quality over quantity kind of thing, true believers. And, um, and just talking about some of the struggles there um, in a predominantly white suburban area. And I'm just wondering if that was a very real experience for you, because I, I know that it probably is for many people um, and how that related to the story and maybe your personal life and how you felt that that situation out. Uh, that is. 99% true. Like that is um, my wife and I uh, moved here. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm obviously black, African American, whichever lingo people prefer. She is white or Caucasian, whichever lingo <laughs> people prefer. Uh, and when we moved here, I think uh, uh, some people left because I was black. Some people left because she was white. Uh, we're in the Pittsburgh area, so some people left because she was originally from Philadelphia, and that was like taboo. Can't have that. Um, and <clears throat> I I say predominantly white, but it's it's well, actually, I'm not allowed to say all white anymore because uh, there's me, the bass player, another half black person, a Mexican woman, and a three quarter black child. So they don't allow me to say all white. 
And I'm like, well, it's not really diverse. So we still have, it's still predominantly white. I mean, right. count the other races on one hand. Sure. It's still predominantly white. And the yeah. neighborhood is predominantly white. And I won't say there's a lot of racial tension, but mm-hmm. there is whenever something racial happens, you know, in the in the culture mm. or on the news, then you'll see it flare up online and in attitudes and in stores and the way people treat one another in public. And mm. then it comes down. Right. And then it flares up again the next time something flares up. So um a lot of 99% of that is based on, yeah, what what I experienced. However, I should say this. <laughs> uh I do have a kind they are great. They are awesome. Um even though they're predominantly white and we're in a, in a all white community, I think there's like <laughs> 2% of everything else. Uh, they, they are actually great. Uh, they don't care about black, white, this, that, or the other. They are all about loving people regardless. Uh, um, so I have a great congregation. It's just when people come in because it's, an, you know, you walk in and there's a flood of People who look like you, if you walk in and you're white, mm-hmm. um, you're like, okay, this is great or whatever. And I, this, it doesn't happen a lot. It used to happen a lot. It doesn't happen a lot anymore. It just happened again recently, a couple of weeks ago, to where people, either an individual or a couple, will walk in and everyone greets them. Everyone's really, you know, friendly. And then I get up and I'll do some announcements or whatever. And uh, I can see. <laughs> see everyone they look a little bit uncomfortable but then you know i'm like hey go meet and greet everyone and we'll continue in a minute grab some coffee and food because we set up tables so people can eat while they you know uh partake of the uh, message and then when i come back up and start preaching i can literally see the uncomfortable like look on their face as they're looking around like they're white they're white they're white they're white they're white they're white but why is the person preaching black? And this couple that just recently uh, shied away, usually by the time I step down the stage, they beeline out the door. Hmm. A lot of guests will kind of leave quickly. Uh, some will kind of stay and say, hey, that was a great message. We'll be back and whatever. Um, this couple, I actually unintentionally caught them as they were beelining out the door. And as I <laughs> went to shake their hand, they almost literally shrunk back and then caught themselves shrinking back. And I'm like, wow, that wow. is, that's some real stuff. But I wow. yeah. made nicety, small talk, whatever. Glad you guys are here. You weren't wearing the Batman cape at the time, were you? <laughs> no. No, okay, because that might've been a little intimidating. I'm just. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah. that's the world we live in. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. interesting yeah interesting well, i felt like that needed to be incorporated into the book to mm-hmm. help add to some of the struggles that the 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 pastor in the book was going through uh, did you find when you because now that you've been there for a while you probably have a little bit more um ease with which you approach and handle those situations but when you first arrived in this new place in this new church in this new congregation did that having those experiences did that change your thought process on how you wanted to approach the bible and the teachings and the messages 
um, and how, where you wanted to lead the church or how you wanted to lead the church? Did that have anything that have, have any? It, it, I don't think it did. And I'm, mm. I'm glad it didn't because I always wanted to, uh, before I came here, sorry, my phone's going off now. Before I came here, I was, um, teaching pastor at a church in Virginia. Um, I didn't want to go and be a full-time pastor because I was enjoying making lots of money in corporate America nice. and consulting with the government. And I even told my pastor at the time, I was like, dude, your job sucks. I would never want to do what you do full time. You don't get paid enough. People hate you, yada, yada, yada. And yet here <laughs> I am. But um, my passion was, I just want to bring the Bible to life and, mm. and explain it in a way that people can understand it. Um, so when I got here, I just wanted to keep doing that. Um, and I don't think... I'm trying to think back because it's been a while. It's been like 16 years. Uh, I did. I didn't question the way I preached or taught the Bible. Mm -hmm. Question God because I was like, "Dude, seriously, are you? <laughs> do you not see what's going on? Um, maybe <laughs> I am not the right person for this <laughs> congregation or this community." Can I put in uh, for a move? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, not to, you know, I know you're God and you know what you're doing, but this time you may not have known what you were doing. And, but yeah, here I am 16 years later. So obviously, yeah, he does know what he's doing. But that was the only thing I questioned. And I just shared this with the congregation today because we were um, doing a, a live Q&A. And I was like, hey, we as pastors, even we question, are we where, you know, God wants us to be? Mm -hmm. And I told them, I ask that of God regularly. Am I, am I, are you sure I'm doing what you want me to do? Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, mainly because we as pastors, we judge by numbers. If we're not right. growing, then we're failing. That's, that's the way we feel. And I think I tried to incorporate that into mm -hmm. some of the struggles the pastor in the book was dealing with. So, um, of course, afterwards they were like, so are you leaving? Cause it sounds like you're asking God if he should move. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying you know, when you look and evaluate, are you where God wants you to be? Um, pastors, we tend to do it by numbers. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the pastor of a small church. I'm not the pastor of a mega church or hundreds or thousands. So um, I always like, okay, God, I like being here, but am I doing what you want me to be? You want me to be doing something else that's going to bring in more people? Because I don't like to do fundraisers and all that kind of stuff. And that type of outreach mm. um, everything that we do is based on just equipping people to know more about the bible um so we're not yeah. the church that's like growing exponentially uh, we just have people that are growing biblically so mm -hmm. uh, and is that something that you would want though as well too or are you happy with how things are growing biblically or do you want I'm happy growing people biblically I would be happy if I were growing more people biblically because I would mm -hmm. feel like, okay, God, I'm I'm doing more mm -hmm. for you. But I think God has made me content with understanding um, it's not about numbers. It's not about right. the number of people. Uh, mm -hmm. It's about just growing people. And he periodically reminds me that, you know, he just focused on 12. Lots of others listened. Lots of others came. But he just focused on 12. So if mm -hmm. I just focus on the people that he draws equipping them to do what God wants them to do when I'm doing what he wants me to do. Well, and it's also that ripple effect theory too, because those 12, 20, 15, 50 people that 
whose lives that you're touching with the word are going out and sharing that with others. So really, um, you know, you have to, you have to add those to your account too, you know, whether they are physically in your church on a Sunday or not, they're still being influenced and blessed by your teachings in some way or another. So, you know, don't discredit yourself there too. I think, you know, we forget about those, the ripple effects of uh, the other people we reach as well too. So yeah, something to think about. Um, Now, I don't want to give away too much of this book. We've touched on a few little important parts, um, but the ending for me was great because it leads you to believe that there it may be a sequel to this. There are at least two. Oh, okay. <laughs> there are at least two. Um, so in that book, originally, the first half that's titled book one, that mm-hmm. was the whole book. And then I was, because, you know, my books are short. You've read, they're like thin. They're designed so that someone doesn't start reading it and, oh, I'm never going to finish this. And then yes. it's spring and they still haven't finished it. Hopefully they can sit down in one or two, maybe three sittings and they're done. They're like yes. finished with the whole thing. Um, so I made that short and I had a friend of mine read it and he was like, I love it, but it's too short. I was like, but all my books are short. He says, you can't go short with this type of story. Yes. Like, okay. So I had started working on what's in there now is book two. Uh-huh. So I just combined them both. Uh, and I asked him, I was like, can I just label them book one and book two instead of making it one story? He's like, yeah. And he's like, are you going to have a book three or book four or book five? I was like, I don't know. Let me think about it. And when I finished, I already had laid the groundwork for book three. But then I talked to my niece. And so book three kind of outlined. But what I'm working on right now is book 2.5. Oh, I love that. I yeah, love that. So it's uh, I don't want to share too much, but it's yes. it's similar thing, but with a different group of people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Love so, that. And, and that kind of helps set a little bit of this stage for book three. I love that. And I do, you touched on it a little bit, but I do love one of the points I, I wanted to make too, is that the chapters are um, short in, in the book. And I, as a reader, I love that because um it makes you you feel accomplished when you're reading a book that has short (laughs) shorter chapters and it also encourages you encourages you to read more because you think oh well i'll just i'll read one more chapter oh well that wasn't that was only a few pages I'll, i'll read one more chapter and then before you know it you've read you know a whole book or you're on to two or three books and and that for me as a reader is very encouraging so that's one thing and i know i i see a lot more authors doing that which i really love because as a reader you want to always get to the next chapter you want to see what's coming too so so i love that i love that you did that in this book i i blame TikTok for that because when i started you only had one minute videos we didn't have the three and <laughs> ten yet so you had to say everything really quick <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. I have a few fun questions for you. Sure. All right. Love the Marvel. Heavy on the comics. That's your thing. Who is your favorite superhero of all time? 
Okay. So <laughs> my original favorite of all time was yeah. Vision. Was sorry? The Vision from Marvel <laughs> Comics. Okay. I don't like what they did with him in the movies. They didn't show any of his true capabilities. I mean, he is just phenomenal. Uh, he was like my top superhero above Superman, above everyone growing up. And then somehow, and I don't remember how, it just switched to Batman because he's Batman. I mean, he's just Batman. So, uh, yeah. So he is my favorite of all time. I love it. Do you ever walk around the house and just go, I'm Batman? No, but no. when okay. I do weddings, I wear a Batman shirt underneath. And, um, well, they'll know now if they see this. But usually I ask, can I take a picture with the bride and groom? And right before they do, I rip open my shirt. And, uh, yeah, it's because, you know, Batman stuff. So Love it. If you had a super power, what would it be? Um. <clears throat> I'm not I'm not hesitating because I've never thought about this. I think about <laughs> daily. So daily. Um, the Roman I, Empire I, question. <laughs> I, I waver between just the ability to fly overall. Ooh. Um I mean that would be just enough just to fly, just to get to places, just to do things. Uh, but then I it would my mind logically thinks depending on how I got those powers, what if I were flying? And then it gave out. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, that was so I waver yeah, between flying, and then I waver between like the Hulk's power of just mm. that strength, and the madder you get, the bigger, stronger you get. Like just to go all out. But then I'm like, who would I use that on? I don't hit people. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't even like to send food back at the restaurant. So who who am I going to use that on? So. Yeah, but between those two, those would be like awesome. And you're an avid um, gym goer too. You you work out quite a bit too. That's part of your yeah. lifestyle, right? You're very fit. Yeah, I three times a week to the gym, sometimes four, but yeah, for a couple hours. Yeah. And do you have a favorite book? And don't say the Bible. That one's a given. <laughs> I don't have a favorite book. Don't have a favorite book. I don't. I don't. Wow. I, I mean, I would honestly say the Bible because I read it over and over. And when I do read a book, yeah, I'm like, hey, there's some biblical themes in there. I wonder if they got that out of the Bible, even if it's a non-biblical book. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I know it's cliche, but the Bible is just it's just my favorite. And it's I see its themes throughout every genre of book of tv of movie everywhere so yeah yeah i have a question about the bible about actual physical bibles and you may and you don't have to answer this right on the spot you may have to think about it and that's totally okay but what should we do with older bibles that are torn falling apart not in good shape i have one such bible that is in that condition <clears throat> and i don't know what i should do do you, what do you do do you throw it out do you get rid like what do you um what i do with them is i put them on a shelf 
because you have one. I have like seven. Yes. Yeah. Like, I I just to me it, it is so not okay to throw it away. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't want anyone to think. Oh wait, he just said it's a sin to throw it away. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> if people do that and they're okay with it, I that's that's all them. Right. It's just I can't bring myself to take the word of God and put it in the trash. Hmm. Uh, I think there are some places you can donate them to uh, that will take them, but um, all of mine are on a shelf. Okay. And I keep buying other versions of different Bibles, different study Bibles. And yeah, so mine are piling up. But if you find out, right, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 do, I, I'm just, mine is on the shelf. I have about five, I have five different Bibles. Um, and this particular one is just, you know, not in great shape. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's old. It's, um, you know, it, I've, I've written in it. I've, you know, I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I have stickers in it. I have messages I mean, in yeah. it and yeah, pages are falling out. It's, you know, it's been rained on, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. So, but I just, uh, yeah, it's just a thought that came into my mind. Um, but anyways, um, well, these are two, like I said, mention these two books. These are two of your books, uh, Act Like an E-Christian and the brand new one. It's all, it's about time. You have other books yes. um, that you've written that are available on Amazon. Um, if you recall, do you want to shout out those books? Um, sure. Um, it's yeah. a long list. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, so the first book uh, I ever wrote was called Act Like an E-Christian. Um that one uh, devotion. Uh, the next one was a devotional as well on the book of Jonah called Hi, My Name is Jonah. Um, and actually, that's the book that earned me my first one star review because someone said um, the book is called Hi, My Name is Jonah. The author's name is Floyd. One star. This is the world we live in. I'm like, wow. Oh. Yeah. But it's 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 same thing. Evangelical band about uh, you know God's desire uh, for people to cross racial, cultural, and political lines to share the gospel. Yeah. Um, then I did a devotional with uh, some other pastors in the Pittsburgh area. It's called Unwrapping Christ at Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, for all the people that argue that Christians shouldn't celebrate Christmas, I would say read this first. <laughs> And then let's talk. Uh, it even has some questions and answers in the back about the most typical questions people have about why is it okay to celebrate Christmas or bring trees into your house and decorate all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, then I did a book with my friend Mark uh, called 21 Days of Spiritual Renewal for those people who are just trying to, you know, I've been away from the church from God so long. I'm trying to find my way back. Uh, and then um a book called Evangelism, Easy as One, Two, Three, mm -hmm. which is just, and that's what it is. It's 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 not meant to be a, there's three quick steps to evangelism. It's meant to say that evangelism is as easy as this, this, and this. I mean, it's it's really, it's, and it's for people like me who are introverts, don't like talking to other people, <laughs> right? people who, you know, feel like, well, you know, my not to disrespect or talk bad about anyone else's church or pastor, but the churches that say you got to take this 12 week class mm. and you know, and all this before you can go evangelize. No, you don't. Yeah. You really don't you just have yeah. to be willing to tell people, here's what God did in my life. And for that one, um, 
uh, a friend of mine recommended I do a children's version. So I did a children's version of that called Evangelism Easy as ABC. Mm-hmm. And then I did a, I guess it's called Toddler's Picture Book for toddlers to go with that. Uh, and then I just, in addition to um, It's About Time, I just finished another one which it's on Amazon, but we haven't started marketing it yet because when you work with a group of pastors, sometimes it's it's not challenging. Quite. Yeah. Uh, it's called This Is Our Community, where pastors are sharing their hope for the body of Christ in their communities. Nice. And Love I that. think that is it. Yeah. Love that. And you have a couple of podcasts yourself that you yes. do? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, I do with my friend Mark, we do uh, faith responders, how people of faith can respond to things going on in the culture. We do that probably about every two weeks. Uh, then I do one with a group of moms mm-hmm. called the Naps or Nothing Moms podcast. It's not a Christian podcast because it's for any mom. Doesn't matter what your beliefs are. You'd be a grandmom, stepmom, working mom, single mom, but they're all Christian women, but mm-hmm. it's just some things to encourage moms, although sometimes they're like, I don't have a clue how to do this. Somebody tell us, <laughs> which is them. I mean, that's the truth. That's what motherhood is for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just started a new podcast uh, with a couple in our congregation called Recovery, Coffee, and Jesus, talking about how people, whether it be drug addiction, alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, whatever you're trying to overcome, mm. uh, how allowing Jesus to be a part of that can help you overcome it. And I think uh, he has been in recovery for three years and uh, she has been in recovery for 24 years. Wow. Uh, They, uh, I asked them to actually start a small group in our congregation to help people with recovery. And then out of that, we decided, Hey, let's do the podcast as well. So um, I I think, yeah, that's it. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot, but yeah, that's it. That's it so far. <laughs> so far, yeah. That's well, true. I love that. So I, I've started um, a, a new little series, uh, a, a book talk, bookstagram sort of thing. Um, people are interested. Be, again, I'm a voracious reader, so people were always asking me, you know, what I was reading and, you know, sending me books and things like that. So mm-hmm. I just thought, well, why not? post it and um i know again it's nothing new a bunch of people are doing it but what i thought i would do is for every book review that i do i would also give a copy away so um this was the first book and and you had had graciously sent this to me this is the first book of my new series um and i've given a copy away to uh my friend james as well so we're going to continue that um and just to thank you uh I, I've also written a few books myself, and this is a journal, so I'm going to send this to you, um, and I hope that you enjoy it. Um, you don't have to do a review, a review. It's just a little thank you, but you can if you want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's just for you to enjoy, and I hope you enjoy it, but we'll, we'll do that. And where can people find your socials? Where can people find your stuff, reach out to you? Your books are available on Amazon. Where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, they're available on Amazon. Uh, it's about time. Also available at Barnes and Nobles. Available on Apple Books. Nice. Um, if you search "Big Fat Pastor" or PH. "Big Fat Pastor One," you will find me everywhere. Um, do not search "Big Fat Pastor Two. 
Right. I don't know why people feel like I'm someone they should like hijack the content, but <laughs> yeah, it's big fat pasture on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I was going to say Twitter, but X <laughs> uh, right. everywhere. And on TikTok, it's big fat pasture one. So big fat pasture or big fat pasture one. And you'll find me everywhere. Okay. And the fat part is spelled P-H-A-T. Yes. P-H-A-T. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Our and we'll, came up with that years ago. So I love it. And we'll link everything uh, as well too. Thank you so much for joining me today and for having this discussion, really important points. Um, and it was really nice to, to talk about your new book. And uh, I know that your time is valuable. So I will let you head on to the rest of your Sunday. But thank you so much for being here today. And uh, I'd love to do it again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy to be here. And I really enjoyed the conversation. Hope I didn't go off on too many tangents. Oh, no, we're we love tangents. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we love the feedback, so be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, all of that good stuff, and we'll see you guys when we see you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.